MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Hello, from Wonder Media Network, I'm Jenny Kaplan, host of Womanica a daily podcast that introduces you to the fascinating lives women history has forgotten. We've always been intrigued by stories of disappearances. Whether it's a fraudster from the 17th century who kept evading the authorities, or a novelist who taunted the Nazis and faked her own death, we all want to know, what happened next? To find out, listen to Womanica on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Last week, we brought you mental illness, grievous bodily harm, broken families, and double Mark Ruffalo's. This is Popcorn Book Club from iHeartRadio, and we're continuing our conversations about I Know This Much Is True by Wally Lamb, now a series on HBO. With a story this bleak, we found ourselves imagining better futures for our characters. She marries, she marries the actor who plays Prince Charming. They're cute. They have a joint mm-hmm. Instagram account. Yeah. <laughs> the nice thing about this book being so comprehensive is that there's so much yeah. fanfic possibility. <laughs> this is part two of our discussion. So if you haven't listened to part one yet, I promise things will make a lot more sense if you start there. Cool. Okay, let's jump in. Hi there, I'm Dana Schwartz, and welcome to Popcorn Book Club. I'm joined, as always, by my beautiful co-hosts, Jennifer Wright, Tian Tran, Karamadankwa, and Melissa Hunter. Hey, everyone. Hello. Hello. Uh, This was was a lot of content to get through. I just want to remind you that at the end of last time, we were like, oh, he's talking to Dr. Patel. Dominic actually feels like he's on the upswing. (laughs) Uh This feels like progress. Nope. Nope. Um, I, so I feel like I feel like there's like a few major events to go through that I want to talk to. Um, does anyone have very strong feelings about a thing to start with? Well, I mean, so, so many atrocities. Yeah. He's a rapist. Um, yes. Right, yeah. Dessa, yeah. And that doesn't even feel like the worst part of no. these chapters. No. That it feels just like an offhand oopsie. Um, yeah, I where, felt like when I was reading, I forgot about horrible things. And then in the yeah. group chat, when we would like talk about them, I'm like, oh, right. That also it, happened. Yeah. It feels like we've reached like human atrocity bingo of like, yeah. we've covered every atrocity that can happen to a person <laughs> or groups of people in this book. We have rape, molestation. Um, pedophilia, pedophilia, child pornography, child hate, pornography, hate throwing crimes. someone under the bus to with the police. Yeah, I, I forgot about the child pornography. That would have been a very minor Su- drug charge. Suicide. Yeah. Yep. Oh. Oh. No, oh, yeah. No, don't forget infant, sudden infant death. A sudden well, infant. Oh, sudden oh my infant. God. We already yes. had that. Oh, oh, sorry, but I know we covered death. that. But In, yeah. Yeah. incest. Did we say incest? No, no, we didn't. No, incest. An incest. Uh, You're so right, Melissa. It does feel like human atrocity bingo. It felt like Wally was like, how do we make this even more fucked up? Let me just keep adding more and more. I mean, we talked about it in the chat, but it feels like a soap opera at this point. Look at this little fucking grin. (laughs) (laughs) This is why I don't like seeing the pictures of the authors, because every time something bad happens, I just see him going, hey, hey, Wally. (laughs) What do we we think the prize is? Oh, what do we think the prize is for human atrocity bingo? Oh, (laughs) a nap. (laughs) I think a long daytime nap. Yes. yeah. I I kept thinking about how if this had been a female author, 
people would talk about how she hated men, how the men in this book are so consistently vile, just vile beyond any imagination. And the women are all pretty good people. Like, I I don't think any of the women have done anything too terrible yet. Joy! Not actively bad. Joy! But 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 Joy, Joy, I feel like, is a victim. Joy is a victim. Joy is a... Yeah. You know, she makes mistakes, but I don't feel like she's actively bad. Yeah, I feel like Joy was raped at 13 and she's trying to deal with that. There's no woman that's like a cartoon villain twirling their mustache or anything like (laughs) that. Yeah, she's been under the... Like the abuse of her uncle since age twelve, 12 for like yeah. over yeah. for thirteen years. That's so it's the like, danger of grooming, isn't it? Right. Yeah. Know. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, let's start because we have been discussing who the good guys were. Like, are there any good guys? And we were like, uh, yeah, the, the, her her gay friend Dad. And that that backfired in our faces. Boy, was uh, I ever wrong about that. I really <laughs> imagined like bef- after the last section of like. Joy should just go live with Thad and uh, his husband and live like a very happy life. And little did we know that was exactly what was happening. And it was the worst thing that could ever happen to Joy. So now she's stuck with him forever. She has a baby. So let's talk about Joy. What we learn in these chapters is that um, Joy is pregnant. Joy, the 23, remember, she's 23. She works at a gym. Uh, Dominic does not seem to like her at all. Or thinks she's pretty. <laughs> he like acknowledges that other people think she's pretty, but he does not care about that. Everyone um, comments on how hot she is. Yeah, and, he, and he's, he's like, whatever. About how well, beautiful he, she is. And he gets jealous, and he's like, "Oh, what do you mean? You know, Joy." So it's like, yeah, <laughs> you can't have it both ways, my dude. You no, cannot be very, mad that people think she's hot, but also not think she's hot. And he's then very also possessive. just yeah, and also I, I he doesn't the obvious, but he's like twice her age. Shouldn't yeah. he feel at least somewhat lucky to have a very beautiful, much younger girlfriend? No, it's not like he has a lot going on for him. I feel like it's one of those things where he just wants to have her to have her, where he doesn't yeah. like her as a person or who she is. He just likes having a young, pretty, live-in girlfriend mm-hmm. for the things that that connotates well and it's like he went from his mother to dessa to joy he's never been without a woman in his life and i'm curious to see how long that lasts as we move on to the next section that that should be our advice to dominic dominic you gotta be single you gotta find (laughs) you gotta find yourself you gotta sit with your singleness don't just Mm -hmm. jump from woman to woman (laughs) he needs to go to greece like dessa (laughs) or italy he can go to sicily and he can go see where Um, (laughs) <laughs> Domenico no, is from. Oh, God. Or she could do intensive oh, therapy five days a week, yes. which is my only plan for Dominic to recover yes. from anything going on in his life. So in terms of plot, what we figure out with Joy, just a brief recap, is that um, she tells Dominic she's pregnant. Dominic had gotten a vasectomy back when he was married to Dessa. Uh, doesn't tell Joy this immediately. Surprise. Confront surprise confronts her when she comes to visit him in the hospital after his second of two major accidents. Um, and then she leaves him. She brings him a recording in which she confesses that. No, Thad does. brings Thad does. Recording. My apologies. Thad brings her the recording. Okay. Is it? I think it's Thad. I always thought yeah. it was Thad. I thought it was Thad. Yeah. I okay, knew a Thad once. So I'm just assuming that this <gasps> guy's like I that guy. I don't Thad. like either. There's, a, there's yeah. an H in there. I don't yeah. know. He's an asshole. We don't have to get his name right. (laughs) No. (laughs) Uh, But so he, he, spoiler alert, was not gay. He was bisexual. And he was the uncle that had been molesting her since she was 12. Had sort of stayed in touch, kept grooming her uh, in a really, really troubling way. Ruined her first two marriages. Uh, I don't even think we got to this. Manipulated Joy into letting him watch them have sex. Yeah, right. oh, yeah, that's that. why that's oh. why I that's was awful. like Joy is not great because like even though that's yes right. she is under duress. I am not saying that she's just like, oh yeah, hunky dory, sure, watch us. But still I feel like there is a violation at that point of um yes. of Dominic's yeah. consent that I'm like oh, yeah, also that's not the okay. Yeah. Thing I that's can imagine happening to me in a sexual situation. That's yeah, a cross that off violation the, of consent. Cross it's that off the like, bingo board. She yeah. gaslit him, you know, like it, he he channeled the, his jealousy into angry homophobia, which was not correct. 
but he was, he didn't like their relationship. There was something, yeah. I feel like, underlying that that he was dismissing as him being, hating gay people. Yeah. But she was like, oh, you're so homophobic when it's really like, he she, he was angry about it, and she was trying to make him be like, it's because he's gay. That's why you're mad about him. Like, you know, because he's he my uncle. call him the Duchess. Like, it yeah. can be both. It's so yeah. oh, no, I, he is I am saying he's homophobic. <laughs> However, I feel like what I, looking back on the chapters, Joy used that as like, yes. this is why you're upset with him. It's just because you're afraid of gay people, not because you see that there's something else going on between us, you know? Yeah. Would also love to flag that Wally's depiction of the only queer people in this book are are it's like intertwined with pedophilia. So yes, good job, Wally. This, <laughs> well, yeah. the architect. That's at least we think the architect is okay. You're right. So you're right. For now, nice is the architect the one married to Thad? Yes, yes, the architect yes. is the one married to Thad. I don't know. I feel like he's out. complicit. Oh, he, he kicks out when he finds out. He kicks him out. Oh, when was that? I, I missed that. There was Guys, a lot, so Melissa. Happening. I'm surprised <laughs> yeah. you got literally anything. But actually, I wanted to talk about what okay, Tian said and the negative depictions of uh, queer people because there's also a moment that's like a blink if you miss it moment where in this section where Dominic talks about the fact that he was uh, molested by a guy while he was hitchhiking. Yeah. Oh, yes! yeah. oh, yeah. That's right. And he was using his brother as like, a, well, this happened to my brother. Yeah. And uh, there was the uh, Leo's teacher. Right. Was mm-hmm. like, so it's all these like. Wait. These and. Mo- and oh, wow. Del. Yeah, that's. And Del. And Del. Yeah, and that's Del. Del. Yeah. Del. Oh, yes. Yeah, that's the worst part. So yeah. all of every queer character in that this book are uh, predators. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I'd yeah, like man. to believe that Dr. Patel is a wise lesbian. I just... <laughs> and maybe no Lisa... Lisa maybe Schaefer. Lisa Schaefer. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah she Lisa showed Schaefer up in she showed up in overalls. Yeah. I mean, uh, come on. Yeah. Yeah. She's a she's cool gay. lesbian. <laughs> yeah. Awesome social worker. Yeah. She's definitely the Christie of that babysitter's club, if you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. So many predators. Yeah. You, you could fill out a bingo. We're getting five in a row right there. Yeah. I guess we could try to rank these people from worst to best, but that um, feels yucky. I, I don't even know <laughs> how to bad. begin doing that. No, the thing I, I do want to talk about Ralph in a in a in a way mm-hmm. that I feel like in this section we get a lot of Ralph in different ways, and I mm-hmm. think it's important to sort of trace that. We start yeah. uh talking about it's interesting because we're getting the story from Dominic and Dominic thinks it's thinks he's telling Thomas's story. So he's telling about the summer that they worked at the public works, you know, campsites. And that was the summer that uh, Thomas sort of had his break, but that's also the summer that, you know, they spent a long time with Ralph. Uh, Mm -hmm. Jennifer, do you want to sort of recap how we knew Ralph up to this point? Oh yeah. Um, They were all working together at the public works. Um, Ralph was their co-worker, they were friendly. Um, they had a very racist boss who um, treated Ralph terribly. That was Dell. I'm going to, mm-hmm. yeah, his name was Dell. Um, and Ralph provided them with marijuana at one point. Um, but it, it was nice. That, like, it was, it nice. Took it was friendly. It was, it was nice. like a friendly thing that it, he was it, sharing with it them. It wasn't. It took him them a while to open up to him. He was very yeah. isolated from them. And then like, you know, he played baseball with them and he was really good at it. And then yeah. he's just slowly opened friends. up and began to yeah. trust him. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, so it, it felt like a positive experience until uh, Dell said that he could sell Dominic his old car that belonged to his wife. And they went over to Dell's house. Um, they found um, homosexual magazines, and they also found out that Ralph was living there, which they did not know. Um, so do we want to talk about that yeah. a little bit? Well, I think yeah. it was interesting that reveal that Ralph was living there because there had been sort of sprinkled hints at it because they, they, 
I thought that they were hinting at Ralph maybe being homeless because he was always wearing the same clothes. He was like, you can't Mm -hmm. come pick me up where I live. And I was like, oh, that makes me sad that one of the only characters of color is homeless. But then I got sadder. So, yeah, yeah, they (laughs) find out. And, you know, I felt it coming because they were Mm -hmm. driving to go fishing. I remember it very distinctly. They were driving to go fishing, Leo and Dominic. And Dell had said, call before you come over about seeing the car. Mm-hmm. And obviously this takes place in 1969 when there are no cell phones. So he just hops in the car. He's like, oh, right. I was supposed to go see Dell. Let me just pop over without calling like I promised because it's too late to call now. And then Ralph opens the door and I was like, I knew something was going to be bad because he said, call before you come over. We don't know mm-hmm. where Ralph lives. And they had just talked about buying a bunch of marijuana from Ralph to go then sell in college. So Ralph has been generously sharing his marijuana with them all summer. And they're like, how can we exploit this situation? Yeah, and it was 100% Leo's idea. Like, Mm -hmm. Ralph probably does not even know that they are planning to become drug dealers. He's like, what if we buy a lot? And he's like, does does Ralph even have a lot? And he's like, I don't know, he'll figure it out. Like, like, Ralph did not offer, he's not involved, it's all Leo. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, uh, and I want to just recap briefly from last time, Ralph's sister uh, was murdered at the falls when she was in elementary school. So his sister was, was violently uh, like raped and murdered uh, in their childhood right after Dominic lied to the teacher about her stealing, even though she sometimes, twin sometimes sister only too. twin sister. Yeah. So sort sister, of foils you. for Dominic and Thomas because they're the only other mm-hmm. twins in town. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then the only time that we see Ralph later is him confronting a racist teacher and being like cool as hell. And the teacher is absolutely racist and Ralph is absolutely right. But you're like, this system is not working for him. Mm-hmm. And then Leo exploits it again by like when they get pulled over by the cops for smoking weed, Leo and Dominic throw Ralph under the bus, knowing that they can do that, that they can like, and you see the insidiousness of like cops, which is like what we're talking about, what's going on right now, that they actually just like push Dominic to make this lie. Like yeah. they're like, you can leave if you tell us that, yes, Ralph is going to sell you drugs to deal. Yeah. And yeah. if you and say he, no, then we'll keep you here. And he kept trying in his like cowardly way to just be like, well, maybe I'll say like, well, maybe it happened without me mm-hmm. instead of just saying like, no, Leo's a liar. And that wasn't even good enough for the cops. It was like, no, I need you to say you heard it, too, because they want it, even though they know like a, that it's all a lie. It's just a lot easier for them. It's like that Central Park lady who knows that the system is biased yeah. in favor of white Amy people. Cooper. Yeah. Yes, Amy Cooper, where it's like both Leo knew it more consciously, I feel like. And then, you know, Dominic sort of picks up on it where it's like, no, the cops just want to find an excuse to arrest the one person of color in this town. Yeah, yeah. but Dominic weaponized that as a kid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. we're seeing it being used again. And we're seeing Dominic be just a shitty person. Man, he just <laughs> fucked over that entire family. Yeah. yeah. Uh, just destroyed the drink waters. Yeah. Who do you guys think in this instance of the police station is worse? Leo, who is actively bullshitting and coming up with stuff like he implicated his own cousin who lived in like new rochelle in the whole situation it's like oh i just threw in that to set him on the wrong trail or do we think that dominic who then realizes what leo has done and has the opportunity to reverse it to take responsibility for the thing that he did do it's not like he got innocent no i don't want to say it's not like he was asking for it or anything like that but He was caught red-handed with an illegal substance in his vehicle. Mm -hmm. And he had an opportunity to say, yeah, man, I did that. And not throw Ralph under the bus. Like he threw his sister, Penny Ann, under the bus. And it's like, he did he learn? Like, which one of them is worse in that instance? I honestly don't know. I think the cops are the worst. I think the cops are the worst. The cops are very bad. But I do think think that's interesting. Like, I think Dominic 
because he's smarter and knows exactly what's happening. Like, I think Leo is a bad person. Like, we know he's a bad person, Mm -hmm. but he's a bad person just erratically. You know, like, he's like, all right, I'm going to do this. I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this. But Dominic, like, he knows what happened before. He knows exactly what will happen if he corroborates his story and knows what would happen to him if he doesn't. And he chooses to save himself of a slap on the wrist versus Ralph, who could likely be killed. Yeah, like he's still a white guy who got arrested for marijuana. Like he's going to be fine. Mm-hmm. He yeah. can be president. Like it's, it's <laughs> fine. Um, he got arrested for smoking marijuana in 1969. It's, uh, it's not going to be that shocking to anyone yeah. down the road. Would that affect the draft? I don't know a ton about the draft, mm-hmm. but I am yeah. curious if that was also a factor. It didn't seem like it was in his head. It seemed like his main factor was Ray. He was scared of That's getting true. in trouble with Ray. Yeah. I think what's interesting about these chapters, and I know we're going to get to <laughs> the rape scene, um, but it's like you're in this man's shoes who is a bad person. And like, I've never like read a rape scene from the point of view of a rapist before. This that was the at least in my memory, and it was so shocking because you're like you're with him on this ride. You're you know you're not for him, but you you see his reasoning, and like that is so scary to like he read like be reading and be with that person as much as you don't want to be. It's like you know exactly why he sold out Ralph because he was afraid of his father. He wanted to go back to school. He like he wanted he decided it was for to protect his brother. He found his rationales, just like he found his rationales to rape Dessa. And it's it's really it was just really jarring to be in that perspective of a person that is doing such egregious wrong over and over again. Yeah, to build on that, Melissa, too, it's like, it's so interesting that he has issues with anger and Mm -hmm. that in moments where he feels like he can't control the fact that he has to like speak up and speak out and get angry, in every instance that he should speak up, he doesn't. So it's like this bizarre, not bizarre, but upsetting, shitty person who like, can't keep a lid on it when he feels like righteously wronged and like is so angry and is so fucked up. But then when he should speak up, he just, he Mark like, cat got his tongue. He can't, he can't say anything. Yeah. Mark Ruffalo, that's your secret. You're always angry. <laughs> <laughs> that is the it. reason that he was cast in this role. They were like, oh, he's always angry. He said that in that movie. He said that in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to Popcorn Book Club from iHeartRadio, and we'll be back right after the break. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Hey, I'm Rachel Martin. You probably know how interview podcasts with famous people usually go, right? There's a host, a guest, and a light Q&A. On NPR's new podcast, Wildcard, we have ripped up the typical script. 
It's part existential deep dive and part game show. I ask actors, artists, and comedians to play a game using a special deck of cards to ask some of life's biggest questions. Listen to NPR's Wildcard on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Okay, we're back with Popcorn Book Club. Melissa, off your point that it is from uh, Tom Dominic's perspective is so fascinating that like we have to read between the lines to get the real story sometimes. Where it's like yeah. in terms of Ralph, Ralph Drinkwater, when we find out later um, that while the police were staking out um, the home that he was living in, that they found that he had been a victim of like child pornography since he was ten by Dell and Dell's wife. Um, that he was living there and he was being exploited. They're just like, Dominic uh, and Leo are just like, whoa, we're sort of heroes. That's crazy. But Um, there's not the (laughs) adequate level of like empathy and understanding of this trauma. It's because like Dominic is fundamentally narcissistic in his own tragedy. Like he has such a tragic life that he has like horse blinders on. The same could be said for that moment when he finds out about Joy and Thad, like, he kind of just glosses over that reveal as well, that that's not an upsetting thing that like her uncle has groomed her. And he's just like, oh, well, that's one problem out of my life right now. Right. Jen said in the group <laughs> yeah. chat, she was like, he doesn't want to have that yeah. baby. So it's super convenient. Yeah. I, I know. It's unfortunately, it kind of worked out for him. Mm-hmm. He, uh, he doesn't have to have this baby with this woman who he has made it very clear he doesn't even really seem to like very much. No. Um, and she just disappeared and he doesn't have to worry about it again. He doesn't even have to and like face frankly, her. Frankly, I, I don't think this like any kind of handle on what it means for a woman to consent. Um, no. <laughs> I, I do not think that is something that really oh factors into his understanding of the female experience. Um, no. Dessa married him after he raped her. Yeah. I think um, at the very least, if if your boyfriend rapes you, you should break up with him. At um, the very least. At the very <laughs> least, yeah. I had texted Karam about this, but I found it very upsetting how that rape of Dessa happens and Dominic is only upset insofar as he's like, Oh no, I've ruined that relationship. Yeah. He, he does not feel guilty at all. And then the next chapter in like two sets, two sentences, they're like, yeah, Dessa and I made up. We went for a drive. We talked it out. It was yeah. fine. Yeah. You're like, um, what? Already? That just destroyed me about that was Dessa talks about how safe she feels with him, how it's yeah. the first yeah. person that she's felt really safe with. And I, uh, clearly, they they got over it in a mysterious car ride, but um, that must have just shattered that for her. Yeah, because up yeah. until that moment, too, the the description of their relationship when they first start dating, first started dating, is like my ideal high school college dream, which is like yes. the person that you're dating is home alone in their beautiful house, and you're just like <laughs> going over to sleep with them and like swim in their pool. I was like, this is oh my god, yes, Dominic, I can relate to this like dream dating sequence. <laughs> yeah, it felt like the yeah. first third of a romantic comedy. Yeah. I was like, oh, wonderful, and then they had them meet cute at the bar yes yeah yeah where he stood that up was for very her. uh that was really annoyingly sweet like i the, know and and that he like fell in love with her there on the um lifeguard station it did feel like wally did a good job i think of dropping hints though quickly of how possessive and mm-hmm. dangerous he was going to be in that relationship of like being mad that she wanted a job and refusing to understand that because all he wanted was time with her (laughs) and not wanting other men to look at her like Mm -hmm. immediately wanted to own her and that you know I got really that scene leading up to the rape made me really anxious because it was him driving down to her work (laughs) 
to disrupt her work. And that's like a really abusive tactic of like trying to ruin her life and anything outside of her life that mm -hmm. isn't him. And then just this buildup of like feeling angry with her for not welcoming him into this, uh, into her work that he was disrupting and sitting in the car and waiting. It just like, it was, it made me so tense and anxious. And then it was like, of course, that's what happened. Like it was all, it was all leading up to this really terrible experience for Dessa, but it all tracked as like this I kind of I am very, man. very afraid that he's going to end um, up with Dessa again in the end. Someone. That that's yeah. going to be like the happy ending for Dominic. And I really don't want that to happen to Dessa. Oh, no. I... I've never threatened really to do that. this in my life, but if that happens, I will burn this book. <laughs> I will burn it, and just out of principle, just because I don't want those words to exist, just one fewer time, just one time, I want to take it out of the world. Oh, yeah, and be like, no, Dessa nice. gets her life with her ceramicist. Dessa yeah. has gone through so much. The fact that, like, she, you know, was in love with this man, and then eventually, through like work. And the death of their child was able to realize that she was happier without him and was able to leave yeah. him. That is a huge and, and important journey so that she went on. And she and deserves so that Thomas. closure. Um, I thought it was so touching that Dessa wrote a letter for Thomas talking about how he was a good person, how he didn't need to be in Hatch. Like, she's clearly worked so hard to be so kind yeah. to these broken people. Well, mm -hmm. One thing uh, before... Before I move, like with the Dessa's rape and everything, I highlighted something early. I used the, my Kindle and uh, early on when he's talking to Dr. Patel and he gets really angry and rants at her, like screams at her for a long time. Mm -hmm. It said, that's the one thing I understood about Ray, that sometimes rage could feel as good as sex, could be a welcome release. And I highlighted that in my note just says, yikes. Yeah. Um, and it is like, it is sort of foreshadowing of the rape because mm -hmm. rape is not about sex. It's about power and control and anger mm -hmm. and rage. And he was angry at her. And that's like that duality for him is so tied together. And the same thing with the vasectomy, like he was angry with her and therefore cut off this ability to have sex with her in a way that to reproduce, which is what she wanted. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Karam, it looks like you were you wanted to say something. Oh no, now I'm just sad and I can't remember. Um, Sorry. <laughs> oh wait, no, I do I remember now. To bring things I, down. No, no, it's fine. I think that it's really important. I wanted to say uh, back to Jen's point about writing the letter and Dessa writing the letter for Thomas. Uh, mm. It is also incredibly magnanimous that she did that after, if you'll recall. He tried to kiss her in the parking lot when she went to go visit Thomas after he cut his hand off, which was just a mere two weeks ago. So he used this tragedy as an opportunity to try to reconnect with her when he has a girlfriend, she has a boyfriend, and they're mm -hmm. super divorced, like very, yeah. very divorced. And I think that we need to give Dessa a lot of credit for being a really good person in spite of the Birdsies really being well just yeah, i mean look she Thomas also wouldn't really be a bad person if she her. just cut these two uh, yeah, for less time. like that Desa. that seems like a very valid reaction to that as well yeah. at all yeah she's just uh, this is very kind of her to be doing she's like a saint it also i'm really i hope i would love to hear and i think it will be hard because it'll be through dominic's perspective but i bet in the history of it Dessa and Thomas do have a special relationship that like mm. I bet he she is a person that kind of can get through to him because I don't think you would do that unless it was someone that really meant something to you and obviously like Joy she has her reasons why she can't connect with Thomas she's got a lot going on um but it does feel like they're hinting at that Thomas and Dessa like had a special connection. I, yeah, I think Wally does a really good job of peppering that through the narrative, even though it is from Dominic's perspective and he is constantly blinded by rage because uh, she always goes on the Sunday excursions to go see him. Yeah. And she went to go visit him in the hospital and he thought to put her on the list to visit him at the hospital 
Whereas he, mm-hmm. I think he didn't think to put Leo on the list. Leo, yeah. Yeah, he forgot yeah. to put Leo on the list. And then she writes this letter. And even the very first time that Dessa communicates with Thomas, she thinks that he is Dominic, that she calls him on the phone after the rape incident. And she has a lovely mm-hmm. conversation with him. And she says that she's excited to meet him. Yeah. Yeah. So sweet. Yeah. Um, and that's also, I, I don't know how much experience people have with um, people who are suffering from um, severe mental issues, but it's hard to connect with those people. Like it can be a very hard and frustrating experience to be with someone and just not be able to maintain a lucid conversation with it takes them. a lot of and, um, patience. The fact that she did that every single week and she was patient enough to make that a part of her life is, she's a saint. Like, Dominic is right about Dessa. Dessa is a saint. She is a wonderful woman. One thing that, that struck me, one like tiny phrase that uh, Dominic wrote in, comparis- in comparing Joy and Dessa was like, during Dominic's like, no good, very bad, 48 hours he's talking about coming home and his lawn is a mess and he was like why couldn't you know joy just handle this lawn why aren't i doing this and he's like if i had been married to dessa i would have taken care of this lawn but like now who cares in that way that's like you're actively sabotaging your life because it's not in the place you wanted to and i feel like we haven't seen the ways that he resents Joy actively for not being Dessa. But that to me was a hint of it where it's like the same way sometimes I'm like, you know, if I'm in a bad mood and my house is a mess or my, I haven't like shorted my clothes. I'm like, I'll just wait until I move and then I'll, and then I'll (laughs) clean my closet. You know, it's like, that's like an active act of self-sabotage. And they were like, Oh, he is, he sabotages his life with Joy because she's not Dessa. You know who does notice that that Dominic hates the fact that Joy's not Dessa? Joy, 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 yeah, Joy. <laughs> I was yeah. that really broke my heart in the yeah. tape because she says that in the tape. She's like, "I know that you don't think I'm very smart," or like, I think I can't remember the exact wording of it, but basically, she was like, "I know that you hate me." She also yeah. talks about seeing Dessa in the grocery store and uh, seeing Dessa shopping yes, with, or at, at the, the mall. mall. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, with her sister and just yeah. thinking about how nice it would be to have female friends and just be laughing and talking with yeah. them. Oh, my God, I just want Joy to become Cinderella and be okay. Uh, she talks about how she just wants to be Cinderella at Disneyland, and I just really hope somehow that happens for her. It's not going to, but that would be she, nice. She is. In my heart, she is Cinderella at Disneyland, and she raised that child on her own with some help from yeah. her parents. And she lives a very lovely life in like Irvine now. <laughs> she marries she marries the actor who plays Prince Charming. They're cute. They have a joint mm-hmm. Instagram account. Yeah. <laughs> the nice thing about this book being so comprehensive is that there's so much fanfic yeah. possibility. <laughs> but to that point about the book being comprehensive, I know I want to just make it very clear. I'm really enjoying this book. I think it's a really well-written book. And nothing yeah. is written by accident. Like there are things where I was just yeah. like 400 pages later, I was like, oh, snap, because we've read like yeah. literally 600 pages so far. It is very yeah, I think this long. Is a really, this is a really good book. Well, because like yeah. the draft, we <laughs> haven't talked about the fact that the reason they end up starting to seek treatment for Thomas is because he actually ends up getting drafted and he fails the psych yeah. eval. But the reason he gets drafted is because they were born on different dates. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Which was such like, a, oh, this is a quirky detail at the beginning. And I actually looked it up because I'm not a Vietnam War scholar. But the numbers right. that he used for the draft and everything, it was all very well planned out. And like, I think that the only good man in this is an architect because Wally is an architect of sorts. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, oh, wow. Let's, let's, let's talk about Thomas and sort of the, the tracking of his mental illness through these chapters. We start uh, with that summer. I'm trying to think of chronologically. No, it's before. The first time we sort of get a hint that Dominic does kind of want to ignore because he kept repeating that it started that summer was their yeah. freshman year of college mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. when Dominic started acting erratically. He started like running through the halls he uh, can't concentrate in his classes and they the share typewriter. a typewriter 
And one day, uh, Thomas couldn't find his key. So he just uh, like tried to beat the, the case of the typewriter open. Uh, that's the first time we sort of get that sense of, of yeah. Thomas, right? Yeah. And then I think the second sort of other sign where we start to learn that he's starting to hear voices is when he leaves that note for Dominic in the bathroom, yes. right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, that says very something, cryptic note. Like, very says, cryptic note about how he can't sleep because, like, God is speaking to him or, like, I should have marked that. But I think that was this, like, the first other sign that, like, he's starting to hear yeah, voices that now. That was the and summer, that, right? Yeah. It was when they, when he felt betrayed by uh, by Dominic. Mm-hmm. Yep. What happened? Was it after the, the, the pants incident? It yeah. was after the yeah. pants incident. It was after and the pants also, incident. Also after he found out that Leo would be Dominic's oh, roommate next yeah, year. That's what it was. Oh, and I think it was yeah. something about like, do you know what it's like to not be able to sleep because you can hear wings or something yeah. like yes, that? Yes, yes. It was it was like something wing focused, which made me think of like doves, which are there's a lot of birds in the Bible and in Christian mm-hmm. mythology. Which we don't need to get into now, but paralleled the great grandmother with the yes. mom. Mm-hmm. I also yeah. noticed that. Yeah, noticed that as well. Schi- schizophrenia it can be genetic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, does someone want to walk through what happens with Dell and the pants? I'll do it. I'm not happy to do it, but I'll do it. So uh, as has been previously mentioned, uh, Dominic, Thomas, Leo, Ralph were all on a work crew together for the Department of Public Works in the summer of 1969, which is the summer after their freshman year at UConn. Um, So Dominic and Leo and Ralph end up forming this sort of like clique together. And Ralph actually does a lovely thing and says, which must be extremely difficult given his relationship with Dell and his difficulty and the fact that he too was groomed much like Joy. He says to Dominic, hey, can you just like tell your brother to look out for Dell? Like just tell him to kind of back away from him. And Dell spends the entire summer calling Thomas names. He's like, oh, hey, Dickless. And it's a lot of like baiting about sexuality, which we later learn Thomas kind of has questions about it. And he is like, I want to know what it feels like to be with a woman, but that's not on the table right now. He has a lot of confidence issues and honestly spends most of his time with his mom. So that's probably not on the agenda at any point. Um, So on this one day, Dell starts to call him dickless and Thomas finally stands up for himself, which Dominic told him to do, but Mm -hmm. Dominic is like, no, you're doing it wrong. And Dominic's whole thing throughout this book is that Thomas never knows when and how to speak up properly. Yeah. And they're 19. He knows this about Thomas now. He said it multiple times before. And he, I guess he kind of, I mean, I know he resents Thomas and the fact that Thomas doesn't understand how to be a person in the same way that Dominic does, and he doesn't know why at this point. So he kind of just stands primarily silently by when uh, Thomas says, stop calling me dickless, and then threatens to report him to the supervisor. And Dell is like, well, I'm going to tattle on all of you guys because you've been getting high all the time. Like, I Like, there's no, you have no leverage here. And you know what? I will stop calling you dickless if you can prove to me you have a dick. So why don't you pull down your pants and show me you have a dick and then we have a deal. I'll stop calling you dickless. And Thomas does not want to do that. And he starts crying and eventually does do it, which, uh, go ahead. I was just going to say, it embarrasses Dominic. That's what, that was literally Mm -hmm. my next point. He was, I think he specifically said his shame was my shame or something. And it again gets to the fact that they are identical twins. So he feels unable to distance himself from Thomas in any way. So also what's, what's crazy is that Dell sort of respected the same way that Ray quote unquote respects Dominic more because Dominic is more athletic and more, you know, socially adept where it's like Dominic never once thought to be like, Hey asshole, stop calling my brother dickless. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the most like, not, not the most upsetting thing, but the most frustrating thing about Dominic saying that like Thomas can't defend himself or that like he has that whole thing of like play defense, play defense, play defense. He Mm -hmm. doesn't 
it doesn't compute to him the privilege that he has as a like, yeah, he, as like a like you know someone who is more mentally stable than his brother, who is seen as this like athletic white straight dude that he can like defend other people. Instead, he just lets folks that are you know society looks down on just gets to be the ones that get thrown under the bus all the time. And instead of like stepping up and helping, he chooses to be like, you deserve it because that's what, that's how the dominoes fall. Cause he's always trying to separate himself from Dom from Thomas. And it's like, he, the, his shame was my shame. I feel like it, it it's all wrapped up in shame right like Mm -hmm. he is a projection of everything he's afraid that he is thomas is and he can see it right in front of him and i feel like that shame is so correlated with cowardice because you push inward when you feel ashamed and then you just don't you freeze up and i feel like cowardice is one of dominic's biggest and worst traits that Mm -hmm. you see over and over and over again um, I think yeah. one of the reasons I mean, like this- that some of these other men who are bad men, like Dell or Ray, respect him is because Thomas seems to, sorry, Dominic seems to have the capacity for violence. I mean, we, we know he's capable of rape. Like, we, yeah. we know he has the capacity for violence. It's just he never uses it against anyone who it would be appropriate to use um, anger or even a violent response against. Yeah. And he's the type of guy that doesn't call them on their bullshit. You know, like if someone makes a very racist joke, he they they like him and accept him because he'll like laugh along and think, oh, that's terrible, but without saying anything. And it's like, well, I'm a good person because I thought that it was bad and I acknowledge that he's bad. But it's like he he thinks he's he's Thomas's protector when really he only ever is looking out for his own status, like in terms of Ray, in terms of Ralph, in terms of Thomas, like all these people who um, attack people more vulnerable than, the metaphor is getting mixed up, but all these people who, um, whenever someone more vulnerable than him is in a position of violence, he's always like, I'm just going to be quiet and maybe it won't come for me. Yeah. And Thomas is, mm-hmm. um, I mean, he he does have a capacity for violence, but only when it's turned against himself. Um, I think in that way, he's so obviously helpless. They're so shocked that he accidentally, um, yeah. I think, hits uh, poor Dr. Sheffer in the face because he's confused or flailing when he hears that Dominic has been hurt. But he's mm-hmm. he's not somebody... He feels that Dominic yeah. has been hurt, too, and nobody yes. believes oh, him. Oh, yeah, that's that whole... Yeah, yeah. yeah he's somebody who yeah. clearly doesn't have the kind of anger that can be outward-directed in the way that Dominic has anger that can be directed outwards. Mm-hmm. All of his anger seems like it's directed towards himself and a desire to hurt himself. You're listening to Popcorn Book Club from iHeartRadio. We'll be right back after this quick break. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Hey, I'm Rachel Martin. You probably know how interview podcasts with famous people usually go, right? There's a host, a guest, and a light Q&A. On NPR's new podcast, Wild Card, we have ripped up the typical script. It's part existential deep dive and part game show. I ask actors, artists, and comedians to play a game using a special deck of cards to ask some of life's biggest questions. Listen to NPR's Wild Card on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts.
Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robey, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. All right, so let's get back into it. We were talking about the the letter that he leaves for for Dominic that Thomas leaves for Dominic, and I was going to read it. Um, so this is after uh, the rape of Dessa when Dominic is feeling when Tom, Dominic is feeling really like confused and weird, and after he uh, decides that he's going to room with Leo instead of Thomas. Uh, Thomas writes to Dominic Birdsey, traitor. Birdsy wings, uh-huh. birds. Uh-huh. Oh. <laughs> Do you think it's easy having your sleep stolen every night? Do you think it's fun to feel the wings of the Holy Ghost fluttering against your throat? Sincerely, one who knows. Which is like a really ominous, uh, schizophrenic seeming note. Yeah, I I feel like that's right in line with like the DSM yeah. would be like, oh yeah, that dude is schizophrenic. If they, yeah. yeah. Well, that, yeah, that was another example of the cowardice. Like he waited until Thomas got the letter in the mail. He, he was, he kept on pushing off telling him this bad news yeah. you know? and, mm-hmm. and it like, it's always worse to let someone else find out something shitty that you did than to face up to it. But he never faces up to anything. No, he really does. No, he's, he got the vasectomy yeah. secretly. Yeah. Like yes. everything he does is, is cowardly and self-protective it's really interesting because for you to bring up the vasectomy because there are a lot of active steps that had to go into the vasectomy and there were a lot of active steps that had to go into switching his room and Mm -hmm. then after all of the active steps that benefit dominic are finished there's a very passive like i'll wait until it blows up in my face so with dessa it was when he, she was like, oh, I'm so happy we're here together. And then she broke down. She's like, I'm so scared. And he's like, oh, she's scared of having a kid. Now I can tell her. And um, yeah. And then with Thomas, it was he got this letter in the mail. He's like, well, I was going to tell you. I just like, it's not a big deal. I did this for you. Like the I did this for you was just truly the nail in the coffin for me. I was like, and oh, he does it with no integrity. Yeah. He does it with joy, too. Even like. She's so, even though she knows the truth, but she's like so excited about the baby in the hospital. And he chooses in that moment to be like, I've had a vasectomy. This is not my baby. Like this conversation could have been had at the beginning of their relationship. But instead he's just like, Mm -hmm. when I'm backed into a corner, I will finally say the thing that I should have said like months, years ago. And with Ralph, like he, he, like six the police on him and then shakes his hand right the next yeah. day yeah. says goodbye yeah, yeah. he's like oh he doesn't well. know yet yeah yeah and then and then that interaction with Ralph it made me so angry it just when you know when he comes in to fix the light mm-hmm. and he's like so he just gets so indignant. Like how it has been a long time since this has happened. It's like, life. you ruined his life. <laughs> like my man. Multiple times. And even yeah. though he still ruins his multiple times, he's, he like Ralph still takes the phone number from Dominic. Yeah. Yeah. Ralph, does the good Ralph thing. is Ralph and Dessa. And good people. Man. And then shows him where Tom good people and, and shows him where you can see Thomas. Yeah. Like sh- says, tells him to look out the window. Yeah. So in this, in this, just to, to recap, obviously Ralph is now a, a custodian or janitor at the Hatch, and he comes into uh, Doctor Sheffer's office to change a light bulb. But Doctor Sheffer stepped out, so it's just Ralph and Dominic having this weird moment. Like you said, he's sort of like resentful that Ralph still seems mad at him for turning him into mm-hmm. for lying to the police, uh, and also you know like. Ralph, who has gone through a lifetime of misery of like his sister being raped and his twin sister being raped and murdered, of being homeless and violated by yeah. adults his for 10 years. His mother just very understandably breaking yeah. down after her daughter like, dies. Ralph, who has had a lifetime of misery, Dominic, not for one second, is empathetic. And then he's <laughs> like, hey, 
hey, if anything, if anything happens to my brother out here, like, give me a call. And Ralph was like, no, <laughs> no he doesn't say that. But like, basically, he's like, what? You're asking me for a favor? And then in the end, he still takes the phone number, like we said, because Ralph is a good mm-hmm. person. And he does it for Thomas. I know that yeah. he does it for yeah. Thomas. Yeah. And I thought it was really interesting um, just to go back to Ralph and the police, the way that they weaponized the fact that he was reading this book, Soul on Ice. Like that kept coming up. And um, yeah. and the man who wrote Soul on Ice later went on to be a Black Panther. So he was definitely somebody more revolutionary. So it was like, it was very clear. The police were not even trying to hide the fact that they were like, oh, well, you know, the colored man did this. Yeah. So let's just pin it all on him. You seem like a nice boy. You have any meth in your system? I feel like you probably don't have any meth in your system. If you don't, we're cool. <laughs> I mean, Leo also weaponizes homophobia as well. And just like (laughs) after that, it's like a combination of racism and homophobia intersecting. You're like, fuck you, Leo. Fuck you. Yeah. I mean, you were talking before, Krama, about who was worse. I I think I take it back that Leo is like a rat. Like he knows, Leo knows exactly what he's doing. He just does it in a more manic sort of aggressive way. Whereas I feel like Dominic makes this intentional choice to go along with it uh, as like as the cowardly man that he is um but god leo he he know yeah he knew exactly what he was um, doing i'm inclined yeah, to think he, that dominic is much worse in this situation though because he already inadvertently led to the death of ralph's sister um he didn't he didn't lead to the death of well, ralph's sister i actually I was wondering he, that when i was reading was a part of that um, certainly if he hadn't gotten her kicked out of school, I feel like he just he probably had been murdered. And then he decided to make it about himself by giving a elaborate speech, uh, Oof. to the entire school. I mean, even if, let's say she didn't get suspended, she had been framed for a crime <laughs> she didn't commit. She's like 10 and she's already repeated a grade also, yeah. and uh, is in a separate grade from her twin brother. There's just a lot of stuff that led to her being in this very vulnerable position. And if some yeah. grown-up man was like, hey, I can take you to get ice cream. And like, I had just been committed. I'd just been framed for a crime I hadn't committed. I'd be like, you know what? Ice cream sounds good. And let's not forget the reason that she was believed to have committed the crime of taking the Oreos was because she did steal food because she was hungry. Mm-hmm. So yeah. we have no yeah. clue. And it, okay, so Dominic has already done something very similar to this family. Maybe in this instance, he could prove that he's growing and become a better person and not frame them for a crime they did yes. not commit again. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. I think Leo is just a regular garbage person <laughs> and Dominic is like one that knows better and yes. still makes the wrong choice, which is arguably much worse. There's also this weird thing where if you're smart, if you have a certain level of intelligence, you can like justify bad decisions in a certain way. Yes. That's really troubling. Don't you think, I think everybody be- can justify bad decisions? Everybody is a hero of their own story. You but, don't have to be but smart to be able to do that. But I think the difference is I don't think Leo bothers. I think Leo is just like, whatever, it's up there. Yeah. I'm going to, they're gay. The police will love that. The police hate more gay like, people. I'm like, the justification. It's more Trumpian. Yeah. The justification it's, for somebody like Leo is about like, oh, like, it's fine that I did this, but not about absolving guilt. It's more about explaining to other people, this is why I'm right. But with somebody like Dominic, He feels guilt and he feels bad and Mm -hmm. you can tell that he is struggling and that he goes the wrong way in this struggle, in this battle against himself. He's like, well, what if I just throw it for this guy? I mean, Mm -hmm. he literally at one point, I don't remember the quote, but at one point he's like, he tells himself like all the reasons I'm not a rapist. Uh Like he, he knows intellectually that he raped Dessa, but he's like, I'm going to, convince myself that I'm not a rapist actively. Well, and he gets angry that she calls him a rapist or that or that she or that he raped her. He was like, how dare you? Like, that was the argument they get into after. That's why he gets mad after. He's like, how dare you say the thing that just happened? Well, I mean, I I think it's actually it's 
a kind of rape that you don't see written about very much. Um, because yeah. this this is a rape by somebody that she's in love with, somebody she already has a relationship with. Um, she certainly probably doesn't want to... Every time um, there is an instance of sexual assault or sexual harassment, I see people online or on Twitter saying, like, why didn't you go to the police immediately? Well, you know, maybe you have a relationship with that person. Maybe you don't want to turn that person into the police. Maybe there are more complicated feelings at play. And I think that's the case awesome. here. Yeah. yeah. Maybe, you know, the police won't do anything. Yeah. They are not. Yeah. They are not Olivia Benson. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Olivia Benson's not great either. We can no, get into she's that not. in a whole other thing. But <laughs> she falsifies <laughs> evidence all the time. Yeah, there's a lot of interesting cop propaganda on the TV. Ooh. But uh, what, <laughs> what I was going to say um, is that uh, about what you were saying, Jen, this is a type of rape that's not really talked about. The, the term or the, the phrase date rape wasn't even coined until the 90s when Katie Kessner was on the cover of Time magazine. And Look at you, Karama. Oh, Katie Kessner spoke at my high school. It was a horrific experience because um, she, I mean, she goes on tours and talks about her experience with date rape. And um, she, and the thing is, I remember her story, not just because she came to my high school, but because she also spoke to me when I was a freshman in college. So I had to listen to it twice and it really stuck with me. Um, and she went on a date with somebody. And the thing is, people were like, well, how could he have raped you? You were on a date with him. And yeah. the idea that, and that happened in the like mid nineties, I want to say, I think it was like 94. <laughs> So even mm. when Wally Lamb is writing this book, because he wrote this book in the 90s, if I remember correctly, or at least when Dominic... And it probably took a while. <laughs> yeah, and at least when Dominic is in this story in 1990, there's no, there's still no concept societally for what he did. Yeah. So he's yeah. like, rape is something that happens to you in an alley. What are you talking about? I'm not a rapist. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, I was, I, I was impressed by Dessa naming it yeah. as rape in that moment yeah. it it felt like obviously a choice by wally to you know i feel like women most women at that time would not have said you just raped me they would have probably clammed up and been quiet and you know you know what i mean it just it feels like oh, that's an interesting part of her character, that there is strength in her, and that is what gave her the power to go to Greece and to leave him eventually. Like, she does have this... Dominic will not break her, ultimately. She will move, be able to move forward. It takes a tragically long amount of time, but... Another thing that I think Wally calls out explicitly that I like... Um, we were talking back about the police and how they were just trying to get Dominic to, to basically frame Ralph because he's not white. Um, the way, I mean, humble brag, I've seen, I watched the documentary 13, but like the way that <laughs> police use uh, drug laws just to, to target communities of color with such impunity and violence. It's like, that is, literally what they're doing here explicitly they're like yeah you guys were smoking weed whatever we don't care about you but we're gonna use those laws just to get ralph drink water yeah mm -hmm. yeah it's like yeah that's like a social issue that the reader can see that dominic is too narcissistic to notice and also wally's yeah. writing this in the wake of the crack epidemic mm -hmm. and it's that disproportionately affected communities of color, particularly Black communities. And the crime statistics on that and just the length of time for minimum sentences for crack versus minimum sentences for cocaine, which are respectively used yeah. more by Black people and more by white people for cocaine, are like exponentially different amounts of time, like months versus years. So, mm -hmm. I mean, this is, it's interesting to see how he's sort of retroactively applying some of the stuff that became even worse. And yeah, it's, I, the only thing that enabled me to get through reading that chapter was knowing that Ralph Drinkwater 
was okay and had a job and knowing that despite everything that had happened to his family and that Dominic Birdsey had inflicted upon his family and that Dell had inflicted upon him, he was okay. And maybe not happy and maybe not as okay as he could have been, but he was not dead. He was no longer imprisoned and Mm -hmm. he was okay. So I was like, I can keep reading this because I know that he's going to be okay. That's our show for the week. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Dana Schwartz, and you can find me on Twitter at Dana Schwartz with three Zs. You can follow Jennifer Wright at Jen Ashley Wright. Karama Dankwa is at Karama Drama. Melissa Hunter is at Melissa FTW. And Tian Tran is smart enough to have gotten off Twitter, but she is on Insta at Hank Tina. Our executive producer is Christopher Hasiotis, and we're produced and edited by Mike Johns. Special thanks to David Wasserman. So Ralph Drinkwater is going to be okay, but is literally anyone else? Are we going to be okay? Is anyone? Next week, we'll continue our discussion of the totally healthy and normal family dynamics at play in I Know This Much Is True. Oh, my stupid wife, who I love. Oh my God, my soulmate never gave me any sons. So my line ends with me and my stupid daughter who is annoying and is a burden upon me. Popcorn Book Club is a production of iHeartRadio. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine. Hosted by me, Danielle Robay, And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Hello, from Wonder Media Network, I'm Jenny Kaplan, host of Womanica a daily podcast that introduces you to the fascinating lives women history has forgotten. We've always been intrigued by stories of disappearances. Whether it's a fraudster from the 17th century who kept evading the authorities, or a novelist who taunted the Nazis and faked her own death, we all want to know, what happened next? To find out, listen to Amanica on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.